Hi guys, welcome to episode, ooh, dropped something, sorry. Hi guys, welcome to episode six of the Cal Poly Bride Center Sex Education Podcast. Um, so this episode is going to be a bit short, like the last episode, about 20, 20 to 25 minutes, to maybe even 30, probably not 30 though. Um, this is a part two, that's the reason why both of these are so short. Instead of doing an hour long one, I'm trying to break it up so that they're not 57 minutes long because I guess that's what I've done twice before. Um, So this episode is a part two to last episodes which was all about sexual orientation. Uh, This episode I touched on a little bit last episode what I'm going to be talking about today which is mostly just uh, bisexuality and asexuality. Um, Did I introduce myself? It's Francesca Hyde. Can't remember if I did or not. Sorry. Bit scatterbrained at the moment, hitting the middle of the quarter and everything is hidden hard. But this is actually one of the things that I actually like doing when it comes to work. So uh, I'm sorry if I do sound a little tired, though. I'm happy to be here. And I really like both the topics that I'm talking about today. So uh, I'll just get started uh, right away. So What does it mean to be homosexual or bisexual? Uh, Typically, homosexuality is defined as uh, being exclusively or primarily attracted physically and emotionally to others of the same sex or the same and similar gender. A bisexual or pansexual person uh, is used, no, sorry, bisexuality or pansexuality uh, is defined usually by someone who can who can be or is attracted to those of any sex or gender, though not necessarily at the same time. In other words, like heterosexuals, homosexuals, and bisexuals, uh, they can all be monogamous. Um, A heterosexual is someone attracted exclusively or primarily to one of the opposite or different sex or gender. some little, I'm going over some of these words again for you. Queer is a word many use to describe being something other than heterosexual or when gay, lesbian, or bisexual don't really seem to sum up all the orientations that well, uh, particularly, particularly, God, that can't pronounce that word, particularly, nope, can't do it today. Um, If and when we or people we are attracted to may also be gender non-conforming. If all that makes sense, that's sort of like a little, I touched on some of that last episode, just wanted to give a little refresher. Um, some people find the three general spheres, orientation, heterosexual, homosexual, bisexual, as very limiting because not everyone fits neatly into them, but instead is attracted to different sexes and genders by varying degrees. Uh, for example, I used this example last episode, but a bisexual woman might be mostly attracted to women, but is sometimes attracted to men. Um, Um, uh, some bisexual people may not even like the bi part of the term because gender isn't binary and they are attracted to people varied sexes and gender identities. A homosexual or heterosexual person may occasionally be attracted to those of an opposite sphere or someone's gender identity may be a bigger point of attraction than their biological sex. Uh, If that is the case for you, it does not mean you're not what you think you are. Homosexuality, heterosexuality, and bisexuality are terms to generalize sexual orientation in the widest sense. Ultimately, you should choose or create whatever term makes you feel most comfortable and is most true to you, or create your own if none of them seem to feel right. Uh, I'd also like to say again, keep in mind that sexual orientation and homosexuality, bisexuality, or even heterosexuality aren't just about sex, nor are the relationships for anyone. 
of any of those orientations. A lot of the time uh, you'll see anything except heterosexuality slandered based on the idea that differing orientations are just about what someone wants sexually or just about sexual desires. While it is still okay when they are, uh, for most people, homosexual and bisexual relationships are about all the same things that heterosexual relationships are about for most people, love and companionship, family and or community, friendship and bonding, and about discovering ourselves and discovering those we are close to, and yes, uh, sex. So I've touched on what bisexuality is before. Um, I wanted to touch on this in this episode, the negative connotations that usually go along with bisexuality. Uh, is there anything else? Let me, sorry. And then also uh, struggling with the identity of bisexuality. And then I might uh, even touch a little bit on biphobia. Okay, so dealing with the negative connotations. Um, some people do harbor misconceptions and sexist notions about bisexual women. Racism and sexism add to that mix and make the issue even thornier. Uh, there are a lot of harmful stereotypes about Asian women being sexually passive and available. And it stands to reason that many people who believe one set of stereotypes will subscribe to the other. It can be tough to feel comfortable with your own sexuality when these like negative messages are what you hear constantly. Um, research says that a good first step about what to do when, okay, sorry, a good, okay. Uh, yeah, sorry, I can't read my own notes. <laughs> a good first step is to make sure that you're not only hearing out, hearing negative messages by seeking out some form of a bisexual community, whether that person, whether that's in person or online. Uh, a lot of schools these days have a GSA or even other LGBTQ plus organizations. Many cities these days also have queer community centers with social and or support groups. Uh, even if you don't click with an entire group, you may find some bisexual or bisexual friendly friends in these spaces uh, who can be a source of support if other people in your life are not giving you the support or respect you need. There are also several big online communities, blogs, and other resources that can be helpful. Uh, I would say that most of those are fairly easy to find if you just Google it. Um, all these like big communities, I would say just looking up like sort of bisexual community, a few different sources will pop up. It should be easier to connect with people that way. Um, in terms of making sure that bisexual relationships stay private, stay theirs instead of being for, okay. A lot of times bisexual relationships are almost like public property. Everyone wants to like watch or see sort of thing. Um, it, but they're personal and uh, you need to like, if you are in a bisexual relationship, you need to know that it's personal and that uh, you can leave conversations with people who are making unwanted comments or suggestions about your own personal life. Because a lot of people who are in bisexual relationships will be confronted with negative assumptions or rude comments or even unsolicited invitations to threesomes. Uh, how you may react might depend on your relationship or how you're feeling at the time, but it's okay to not take these well. Like these are obviously all insulting things based off of like negative assumptions. So you just always have to keep in mind that your relationship is part of your own personal life. It's not public. Um, but if you aren't in the mood to have a big conversation with someone, especially like a stranger or someone you don't know very well, uh, it may be best to say some 
some words in your head and just leave the situation without engaging. If you have the energy to let someone know that their comments are untrue or rude, uh, go for it. <laughs> um, an icy stare even works, you know, just like leaving a conversation so that they sort of get the message that you don't appreciate what they've said. Um, so just to let them know that you're not very disproving, not approving of what they're talking about. Uh, when talking with strangers, it's never your job to be a, a biphobia or bisexuality educator. You don't have to educate everyone you meet. It sounds incredibly exhausting and it's not your job. If you ever find yourself with a mental energy to educate and it seems appropriate, go for it. Uh, but in a lot of cases, quickly shutting down that line of commentary and just leaving the situation will probably be the best bet and cause you the least amount of stress. Um, with close friends and family, if you're out as bisexual to them, you could just remind them that any comments that they make about bisexuals are about you specifically. You may feel more willing to do some explanation educating what people feel close to, and these folks are probably more, more likely to listen to what you've been saying. Still though, if you feel like taking that time is mentally exhausting or just making you frustrated, it's all right to ask people not to let a topic drop and leave it at that. Ultimately, while you can ask people to be respectful and explain how their actions can hurt you or make you uncomfortable, you can't control how anyone reacts to your sexuality. Uh, if you find that some people just don't get it and continue to say disrespectful things to you, then that might mean it's time to fade out of that friendship or let those people go in your lives. This doesn't just apply to bisexuality. Obviously, this applies to anything else. Uh, any other sexual orientation where people aren't making very respectful comments, uh, keeping interactions polite is the best way to be with strangers in general. And if people aren't keeping things polite with you, you have all the right to remove that person from your life. Um, in terms of keeping your sexuality and relationships as just for you and your partner, a big part is having your voice and your story be the loudest one in the room. So if you can find a small core group of supportive friends who accept your identity, you'll feel a lot more in control of uh, your own personal narrative. That was mostly just uh, about how a lot of bisexual people have to face all these negative stereotypes surrounding them. Obviously other orientations also have negative stereotypes, uh, but I think it's a lot more normalized uh, I don't know. I guess that's just my point of view. I see a lot of more biphobia. I feel like that neither like neither people in the gay community or the straight community often stand up for. So it's important that you uh, bisexual people are able to get their voices heard. Uh, a lot of bisexual people also can struggle with identity. Um, if you ask a bunch of bisexual people what that identity means to them, you'll probably hear a variation on the theme of feeling attraction to multiple genders, but beyond that, they might tell stories that are quite different. Uh, it's, been, it's pretty cool to have so much diversity in one sexual orientation. Uh, what it also means though, is it can be harder to see yourself in the experiences of others especially if the number of other bisexual people, especially those who do actually identify themselves as bisexual, pansexual, or queer, you know is low. And if you aren't seeing your feelings and experiences reflected in the bisexual people around you, it can be easier to worry that there's something wrong with your experience or with theirs. Um, how other people choose to feel and express their sexuality might feel alien. Uh, again, it's okay to be uncomfortable at the thought of 
doing some things yourself. It's okay to feel uncomfortable about anything. It's important, though, to remember that your feelings and your discomfort with ways of doing bisexuality or being bisexual aren't a sign that they're being bisexual in a wrong way, or for that matter, that you are being bisexual in a wrong way. There's no right or wrong, wrong way when it comes to being bisexual. Uh, oh, yeah. It's also absolutely untrue and often harmful for people to say things like everyone's a little bit gay to, uh, in general. For one thing, bisexuality is an independent identity in itself. It's not a state of being a little gay or a little straight. A bisexual person is transitioning from gay to straight and back again based on who they're dating. They're a bisexual person no matter who they're dating, including when they aren't dating anyone. Uh, yeah. Also, it's just not true that everyone's bisexual. Sexuality studies have shown us that it's actually uncommon for people through a lifetime to be exclusively attracted to only those who share their gender identity or only those who don't. Yes, and there are likely a good number of people in the world who experience feelings of attraction to two more genders than who outright call themselves bisexual, but that in no way means everyone has those feelings and to say otherwise is inaccurate and can actually be kind of disrespectful. Assigning people an orientation they don't themselves claim is not a great thing to do. It's probably often meant while saying everything, everyone's a little bit gay, is almost like a sentiment like, oh, I'm okay with you being bisexual, it's common. Uh, other times someone might be projecting their own feelings though, orientation onto your own experience. Uh, whatever that reason, it's okay to be frustrated if someone says that to you. Uh, it's generally a pretty misguided comment and not likely to be affirming or comforting for many people. Uh, if you ever receive those comments, it's perfectly fine for you to say something, well, I'm not a big gay, I'm bisexual, or I'm pretty sure straight people exist, so I'm not sure what you're getting at here. Or even, I think you mean that as a supportive comment, but it's really not helpful. Uh, to touch on biphobia a bit, people can say some pretty nasty and untrue things about bisexuals. Uh, here are some stereotypes. They're more likely to cheat. They'll never be satisfied with one partner. They're straights faking it for attention. They're gay, but too chicken to come out all the way. I especially hear that last one for bisexual men. That's one stereotype I've seen a lot, that bisexual men are just gay men who just haven't come out all the way. I feel like I feel like it's that for gay men. And then for bisexual women, the stereotype is that they're straight, but they're faking it for attention, which is funny. And also that dives a bit into sexism. I'm pretty sure I've watched some videos about why those are the stereotypes for each, but I haven't done enough research, so I'm not going to touch on that too much right now because I don't want to say anything that's wrong. Uh, yeah, so one per pervasive biphobic myth is the one that bisexual women are really just straight women performing for male attention. Um, this is this has some roots and some ideas about sex or romance between two women being less real or important than relationships between men and women, or even two men to some extent. Again, I think there's some sexism bit of the patriarchy rolled into that. Um, some women struggle to see themselves in romantic relationships with other women because of heteronormative narratives they've been presented with but are able to understand sexual attraction to women a bit easier. For some bisexual women, a bar or a party might feel like the most natural place to be sexual with other women because they're still unpacking a lot of heteronormative biphobic information that they've absorbed from outside sources. 
that same biphobia can also mean it's hard for women who prefer casual sex with other women or who experiment with kissing friends before settling into deeper intimate relationships with them to be taken seriously. Uh, I think that's all good to keep in mind when you're noting your own reactions to other people's behavior. Uh, but, but as I said initially, bisexuals are a varied group and that's something to be celebrated. Digging into those differences with friends might bring you all closer together and help you understand yourselves and each other a bit better. Uh, I think that everyone in the community should try their best to help dismantle biphobia, not perpetuate, uh, and not let people say those mean stereotypes or hold those negative assumptions. Uh, because it's all just one big community. Everyone should feel accepted and not like their orientation doesn't really exist or that there's one thing pretending to be another for attention or because they're scared to be the other thing. That's the main message of uh, my talk about bisexuality today. Also, sorry if I keep taking breaks. I'm either drinking water or I'm my, I don't know what I did with my script this week. I, I spelled several words wrong, which is rather embarrassing, but that's what's like tripping me up. I don't have like a, a like a word for word thing, but I have like general notes of what I want to touch on and I I'm some basic ass words that I'm misspelled and it's very embarrassing. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, next, I'm going to talk about asexuality really quickly and that will actually be our episode. Again, two short ones, just wanted to make them feel like when I give them under 30, it's a lot easier to read, not read, Jesus, listen to. It's sort of like 57 minutes. That's like you're dedicating a big chunk of time. So I'm trying to keep them like 20 to 30. So here we go. Asexuality. Uh, many of us were taught to believe that the desire uh, to be sexually independent or with others is like automatic. It's a carnal need that everyone wants to have sex. And even if you wait a little longer than most people you know, you will eventually want to have sex too, whether alone or with a partner. But it's certainly not automatic for most people. And it's not a given for some people, very much including asexual people. That's why I personally didn't know about this term until I was like 16, because I feel like our society really hammers home everyone's horny. Everyone wants to have sex, but that's just not true. Asexuality is an orientation usually defined by focus on romantic, aesthetic, spiritual, or physical intimacy, or on non-sexual friendship rather than a sexual attraction or sexual intimacy. Uh, the asexual community is diverse, and asexual people have a wide variety of experiences, but what most people have in common is prioritizing other types of attraction and relationships over sexual ones. So what are some of the ways people experience asexuality? As with other orientations, there's an entire spectrum of asexual identity, and individuals experience it differently. Some people who identify as asexual choose to have sex and enjoy it, while others never have sex and are completely happy. While asexuality, just like other orientations, is extremely individual, uh, here are some common asexuality concepts and what they often mean. Attraction, uh, a strong feeling of physical or emotional interest in something or someone. I've touched on attraction in the past. Uh, demisexual, people uh, who don't often feel sexual attraction unless they've developed a deep emotional bond with a person. Uh, gray asexual, 
people typically experience sexual attraction only infrequently or rarely, and they overall have a very low, low sexual desires. Um, it's usually defined by an individual person, but a lot of great asexual people have low sexual desire for both partnered and solo sex. Uh, well, some people have a desire for solo sex and masturbation, but not for partnered sexual acts. So again, even within the term gray sexual, there's a spectrum. Uh, romantic attraction is what uh, some people call when they have like a crush or they feel in love. Uh, what is romantic love? It's hard to say, a lot of different definitions. But in the asexual framework, it is also diverse, but just usually without the sexual component, most people include in their idea of what romantic means. Uh, what can separate friendship from romantic attraction is open to each individual person, but romance often involves cuddling, kissing, and physical and emotional intimacy, the things a lot of people think of as sort of a couple stuff, cuff, being cuffed. <laughs> A romantic people experience little to no romantic attraction to others. Not all asexual people are aromantic, and not all aromantic people are asexual. Aromantic people may or may not choose to have devoted partnerships similar to the ones between romantic partners. Uh, biromantic people are attracted to people of the same gender as they are, and people who are not the same gender as they are. It's important to note that you can identify as asexual no matter what your romantic attraction or what gender gender or genders are of people you have dated or would be interested in dating. Once again, all these terms can be loosely defined and will vary from person to person. Uh, some people often wonder, do asexual people have sex then? Uh, some do and some don't. It's an individual choice, much like every sexual orientation, it's your choice. <laughs> some asexual people experience, it, experience limited sexual arousal and attraction and choose to act on it. Some asexual people don't masturbate what others do, just like some asexual people have partnered sex and others do not. Asexual people can choose to have sex for any number of reasons, just like sexual people can. This can include solo sex, uh, which is, again, is another personal choice. Many non-asexual or allosexual people don't masturbate, and it's up to an asexual person whether they enjoy masturbating sometimes under certain conditions or not at all. Some asexual people, particularly those who identify as gray asexual or demisexual, do experience sexual attraction or enjoy sex, either for their own reasons or because they like the mutual expression of physical intimacy with a partner. Uh, the important thing when it comes to asexuality and sex is enthusiastic consent, which we love. Um, any people who are involved in partner sex should be active participants who are choosing to engage in sexual sexual acts. Um, I've talked about enthusiastic consent. I think I hammered it home in one of the episodes, but yes, enthusiastic consent. Always get consent. <laughs> uh, so if you're if you definitely know you're asexual, do some people wonder if they need to come out. Uh, I touched on coming out in the last episode. Coming out is always a deeply personal experience. And once again, it's your choice alone. You should never feel pressured to come out as uh, to anyone asexual unless you genuinely want to. Uh, you could ask yourself some questions to decide if you're ready and want to come out to someone. Um, why do you want to share your asexual identity with this person? How do you think this person will receive it? Will, uh, will you be met with support and love? Uh, how has this person supported my journey or identity in the past? What questions can I expect after coming out? Am I comfortable answering those questions? Remember, you don't owe any answers. Uh, 
when would you want to come out to this person? Do you have emotional support? I touched on how important that was the last time, emotional support. Uh, how will you tell this person? Once again, I, I touched on some of this stuff in the last one. Uh, have you shared personal identity information with this person before? And did they, how did they receive it? And then is there a reason for, is there an overall reason that you want to share with this person in a particular moment? Or could you comfortably and safely bring it up if it happens naturally in conversation? Which approach would you prefer? Would you rather sit them down, have like a very serious conversation, or would you just mention it in passing? That sort of stuff. Once again, all up to you, up to you whether or not you're going to want to come out. And again, it should be up to you when, where, how, and who. All it's it's your orientation. It's your choice. It should always be your choice when it comes to these things. Uh, coming out is ultimately a very individual process. If you do decide to come out, you'll likely have different approaches for different people in your life, and you may find that you uh, have to continue coming out throughout your life to new people that you meet, new friends, new partners, new colleagues. Uh, it's all about what makes you feel comfortable and safe. But yeah, that was my little discussion on asexuality. Um, as someone who does not identify as asexual, I couldn't go too too much into uh, specifics with any of these since I myself have not uh, experienced, uh, since I myself am not a part of that specific community. But I encourage anyone to do some further research. Um, also, once again, touched on bisexuality, mostly dealing with stigma and negative connotations with it and possibly struggling with identity. Uh, asexual people might also struggle with identity, uh, especially with our sex-driven culture. A lot of, again, it, it gets hammered home from an early age that like sex is a way, is like a way of life. And to not feel any sort of sexual desire to feel limited, it might obviously feel like you're almost ostracized or that you don't fit in. But there is a there is a big community of people who completely relate to that and might feel no sexual desire, might feel like a little bit, can only feel it after they really get to know somebody, that sort of stuff. There's whatever you're feeling, there's bound to be other people out there feeling it, not to make you not feel unique. But I, I think it's always good to know that whatever you're feeling, there's other people out there who are feeling the exact same way and are sharing your exact same experiences. I think that's always nice to think about, especially when you might be surrounded with people who don't necessarily understand or relate to you in that specific way. But yeah, so these have been my episodes on sexual orientation. I believe next week I am discussing, yeah, gender, exploring gender. Those two will also will be both about exploring gender. I believe I, I'm not 100% sure yet, but they might be sort of like this week where it's a part one and a part two, both 20 to 30 minutes, uh, that sort of stuff. Um, I'm also making sure to post on the Cal Poly Pride Center social media this week because I kept forgetting because <laughs> I have a bad memory and I procrastinate. So yeah, that's all that's all on me though. I have no one to blame but myself for that. And also I get anxious when I think about people actually 
no, I don't, I don't like being perceived. Maybe that, that might be it, which again, why did I pick a podcast? Who knows? I, I just, I was drawn to it in the moment, but I'm glad that there are people listening and such. But anyways, thank you for listening and I hope to see you guys again next week. So yeah, thank you. <laughs>